Welcome back to another episode of the Easy Speak at Speakeasy 330 Podcast. With your hosts, Rich and Tom. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hello. Hope everybody's good this Wednesday. Yes. Yeah, it's good Wednesday today. Good uh, Wednesday. Uh, today's a good day to have a seat in the old speakeasy, yep. even though I am still... Well, I shouldn't say I'm still. I, I, I caved this weekend, but I caved for good reasons. <laughs> but I caved this weekend. I had myself a couple beers and... Um, so my dry January went from January 1st to the uh, 11th. To the 11th, yeah. And then I kicked it back up on the 12th, and I'm just uh, I'm just keep going at it. Rebooted uh, the next day, and away you go. For sure, but, you know, the reason why I broke my challenge, because uh, I'm going to tell you it was a pretty exciting weekend for uh, everybody around the uh, speakeasy this weekend. What yeah. do you say, Tom? Yeah, I'd, I'd say it was... Uh, uh, it was real good. Well, people were happy. I, well, I, I would say. Well, allow me to uh, you know <laughs> allow the, myself to introduce myself. Allow my fans and your fans and the fans of the podcast. I'm just going to give them a clue on maybe what had happened this weekend. Going to the chapel and we're gonna That's right, folks. Married. And that it, that didn't happen. And it's not me. It's uh, my co-host. That would be me, Tom. He popped a big question this weekend. Yep, three years in the making. And she actually said yes this time around. I don't know why or how, but I'm thankful and blessed that she did. And hopefully this COVID nonsense will go away sometime soon and uh, we'll be able to have a nice wedding. And we'll Yeah, see. definitely. It was, uh, it was nice to uh, allow... Uh, Allow me and uh, a couple other close friends to uh, share the moment with you guys. Well, I wanted everybody that was a part of our lives in the last year through all this craziness uh, to be part of it because you're, you're family to me and, and you all mean the world. And I thought it was uh, important to bring everybody that, that was on board like that here. No, that, surprisingly enough, that didn't happen. You trying to get me to cry or what? <laughs> so yeah, it was it was special having having everybody here to to witness that, and uh, uh, I'm thankful and I'm proud. So well, no, thank, thank you very much. No, thank you. And then uh, another thing happened today, just within the last uh, hour or so, uh, a career change. I yeah. like that. Yeah, well, we're not going to say who, where, where, when, why, how, or anything like that, but it's a it's a drastic change in your life. So man, you're just really knocking them out of the park the last couple of days. Yeah, it's it's been a good week. Spent 25 years in the steel industry and. I uh, thought it was time for me to pursue new career paths, and uh, today it happened. So next week I start a new venture, and I'm pretty excited, and, you know, such as that. Well, I'm excited for you. I, Thank I, you. I, Thank you. You know, on to new and better things, right? Oh, yeah. All right, so wild weekend, right? Super uh, wild card this weekend. Super. I mean, it was uh, – every game was, uh, was good, and some were predictable, some were not. Um, I think there was one game of the weekend that pretty much was a snooze fest, and it turned out that it was the only game of the weekend that had slime involved. Oh, I know. Yeah. 
You know, and I didn't watch that. I was too busy, uh, you know, putzing around the house, getting some things done. I, I had it on the regular broadcast, and I really didn't watch much of it. But from everything I've heard from everybody that has watched it, said they really liked it on how the fact that they broke it down, especially down to like a like an adolescent level yeah, to they, understand the game a little bit better. Nate Burleson, who was in the booth for the game, him and uh, Noah Eagle, who his son, uh, whose father, I should say, is Ian Eagle from CBS Sports Radio fame, um, just kind of broke down plays and penalties so kids could really understand it. And I thought it was a good idea for the NFL to do that, to maybe broaden their their fandom. And so they had uh, the first down line was like had uh, slime rolling through it. And then if he scored a touchdown, the, the touchdown was the slime zone. So it was kind of cool to see. Uh, it's cool to see, you know, them break it down to where, you know, kids could really understand it. Of course, our two girls here um, really didn't want to be bothered by it. They they don't understand sports, so they watched for about five minutes and went to the other room. But it was cool. I guess if I had a I had a son, a young son, that was you know just learning the game of football, uh, it would probably bode him well to to hear. You know, certain of his cartoon characters were involved in explaining plays. So, I, I mean, I think it was a good thing, and I do see the NFL, you know, moving forward. You know, maybe not every week, but, you know, maybe a couple times throughout the season doing it. And, and the ratings were off the charts. Yeah, the ratings were really good. And a lot of people compared it to the old uh, Fox track with the NHL yeah. where w- when the puck went over a certain mile per hour, mile per hour it turned red it turned red or otherwise it'd be just a like kind of like a blue uh blue flash on right. passes and yeah. stuff like that which it was it was cool at the at the beginning but uh, being a hockey fan yeah i thought it was very annoying well, it was a uh, gimmick yeah it was uh, very they it, were they you know fox at that point was looking for a new fan base i mean hockey really wasn't on anyone's radar at that point and they were looking to strike gold, but I think they struck rock. Didn't didn't really work very well. I think they only did it for a year or two. Yeah, and not only that though, if one of those pucks got shot up into the crowd, you know, people would uh, have to uh, surrender that puck back to the ushers because of the amount of technology that was put inside those pucks. Yeah, yeah that, that's no good. So, with that being said, let's let's get onto the meat and potatoes of last weekend. The Rams. At every football pool I've been in, um, everybody had the Seahawks winning that game just because of the uncertainty behind who's the Ram, be, who's the, the quarterback, the Rams' offense, and who's going to start. And um, they they shocked the hell out of me. I tell you that. Well, they they started Wolford, who got his cock clean. Clock, excuse me, <laughs> excuse, pardon, pardon, my friends here <laughs> got his clock. Clean. How'd you know his cock got clean? Well, well, that might have been after the game. Okay. But, um, got his bell rung. We'll, we'll say that. He got funny. knocked out of the game, so they have to put in Jared Goff, who was playing with uh, a thumb that was just reattached to his hand, so to speak. So you didn't have much faith that the Rams were going to move the ball. But then again, who's on the defensive side for the Rams? None other than Aaron Donald. That guy, I, you know what? I, I think probably in my lifetime, and I've seen a lot of um, a lot of good defensive linemen in my lifetime. 
know, Reggie White being who oh, yeah. I thought he was probably the most dominant he's, guy. He's the top of the class. This guy's he's unreal. He's a freak. I mean, you put two guys on him and he he'll bulldoze right through you. So he he made it really hard for Seattle to get there. I mean, a their running game didn't happen, and he had Russell Wilson running all over the field most of the game. And then when he did get it downfield, you had Jalen Ramsey on there covering DK Metcalf like a glove. I think Metcalf ended up with maybe six or seven catches the whole game. He was targeted multiple times more than that. I mean, Ramsey just shot him down, and and Rams just picked picked him apart, and, and they end up winning the game thirty twenty. And and it just just goes to show you, you cannot count a team out until they're absolutely out. They went into they went into the number twelve land and stunned the the sea chickens. Yeah, and I, it, it, in Los Angeles, they're not a they're not a, a slouch of a football team either. They went eleven games, they went eleven and uh, eleven and five this year. Yeah, and they were in the Super Bowl two years ago, so I mean they still have a lot of the pieces of that. But they just their their season was very lackluster. Of like eleven and five team, it's, it's just, very up and down. Yeah, they weren't impressive and. And the one thing that you you know you hope to have at this point in the season, quarterback play. Even right now, it's a big question mark. Like this coming week in the playoffs, who's going to be their quarterback? I don't believe they've they've made the announcement yet. So that doesn't say a whole lot. But they they played as a team and and they went in there and they stunned everybody. It certainly stunned me. You know, and, and uh, to move on to the next game, Tampa Bay or Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay in Washington. I, Washington defense, man, they are unbelievable, and I, I think if they had a quarterback, say like a, a Matt Stafford, yep. or right now as we're hearing in the last week or so, uh, Deshaun Watson yep. is very unhappy down in uh, in Texas. Yeah. You get a quarterback and you plug that quarterback into that lineup they got there. They're poised for a deep run mm-hmm. into the playoffs. Ron Rivera, and by the way, Ron Rivera, kudos to him. Mm-hmm. Everything that he's dealt with this year. Personally, uh, with himself, you know, getting cancer treatments and everything like that, still maintaining yep. a football team, mm-hmm. having to deal with some uh, some bench problems. Right. We'll say, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Haskins strippers. <laughs> um, I, the guys held it, held the team together. Well, he's a and professional, they, and, and, you know, and they played well. Yep. I just think they're missing that one. Yep. They're missing that one piece. Well, we talked last week uh, in our picks that you know, obviously Tampa was the overwhelming favorite, but. My my opinion was that defense was going to keep them in the game, and and you know that definitely was the case. That you figure Washington had the ball late in the fourth, had a chance to tie the game, and and they just they they just didn't have the pieces. Alex Smith wasn't able to play. Uh, Heineke, who uh, played a hell of a game, yeah, he I did mean, he threw, very well. He threw for like three fifty, had three or three touchdowns. He's, the the guy the guy proved you know he's a, he's a comparable at best. Uh, backup quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, very and, serviceable. And being being told basically um, the day of, like, hey, you're starting against <laughs> against the goat. He, uh, that that he he met the met the task and he did well. You know, and there was a couple plays, especially on that touchdown run that you know he got he got a, an, an enormous amount of pressure in front of his face. He dove right in. He was able to elude all that pressure, yeah. and then he was able to get to the pylon for a touchdown. I mean, that right there just tells you. Uh, the, you know the guy. The guy stepped up. Would I say he would be an everyday starter? No, I just don't think he quite has that. Maybe, but. maybe with an off season, 
a lot of reps with first teams. You never know. Another question really being is, you know, is this it for Alex Smith? I mean, his injury was, you know, kind of fluky, and it, and it was all hankered down to his yeah. his horrific leg injury two years ago. But can you trust that? Does the team trust that? Uh, does Tyler Heineke, you know, deserve an opportunity coming into the next season? If, I, I, you know what, though? I give him a look. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the football team is going to definitely look at him as somebody that they want – on their team, I mean, at, at at minimum for their backup position. So, I mean, they've got a lot of choices, a lot of decisions to make in the off season. For sure. What about that loud stadium there in Buffalo? The Bills Mafia going absolutely bonkers. Sixty-seven hundred people in uh, uh, Bills Mafia. Not to mention the streets of downtown Buffalo. They were shutting the streets down. They were having big parties. That's in the streets that they just I mean good for that town good for that fan base they've <laughs> they went a, they've gone a long time just like the lions i mean unfortunately the lions have never been to a super bowl but the buffalo bills have endured a lot of losing for a long time and and it was really cool to see that team really uh, get get a first win, and although the Colts gave them a run it was a really really tight game for and, sure and it came down to the end but you know i think uh, being home field advantage, Josh Allen's just on a roll. I, they, they were too much for the Colts, and but good for uh, the Buffalo Bills, and I definitely look forward to this game coming up this weekend. That's going to be a good one, I tell you that. That's going to be a real good game, and there's snow involved. Ooh, that's good. So we'll move on to the Sunday night nightcap. But before we go any further, I want to pass along my apologies to Browns Nation. I doubted them. As a Browns fan myself, along with my father, I doubted him. And um, your your dad doubted him. My dad never doubted him, but I did. Uh, unfortunately, I was wrong. Uh, I picked the Steelers to uh, win that game, uh, but never would have expected uh, the result to happen, especially the first play of the game for <laughs> Pouncey to. Uh, Snap the ball 10 feet over Ben's head. But I do apologize to Browns Nation that I doubted them. And um, I don't know if it'll happen again. No, but here, you know, but exactly what you said. But during that whole play, yeah, he it was like he snapped it out of the end zone over the stadium, uh, over the <laughs> over the seats and into the stands. Talk about amped up. But you know, the thing is, is. Roethlisberger just stood there and was like, "Hey, uh, right? Hey, are you going to gra- grab that ball?" There was a picture I seen today on Twitter um, at Easy Speed Cast, by the way, um, of literally Ben standing in the end zone, staring at the ball that's just laying on the one yard line, and and uh, Connor was laying on the ground because he made an effort at it, but Roethlisberger just staring at it. I mean, made no effort, and Cleveland came in and uh, bounced uh, pounced on it and scored the touchdown <laughs> ten seconds into the game and. And that's kind of how the game went from there on. Yeah, after after he settled down and and, and spotted the Browns uh, twenty eight points in the first quarter, <laughs> you know when he settled down a little bit, he started kind of getting to a rhythm and stuff like that. But man, I tell you, some some of those throws that he made, they were almost like uh, like defensive throws, like "Don't hit me." Well, here, here, I'm just gonna I'm gonna lob it up there. Don't hit me. Cleveland practiced. For two days this week, and not not all the whole team practiced both days. So the majority of the team only practiced one game, and they definitely uh, weren't afraid. They weren't intimidated. They went in there. Um, 
Miles Garrett did his thing. They didn't have Olivier Vernon, which was a downfall. They didn't have um, their cornerback, uh, who will be back this weekend, um, Denzel Ward. Uh, so their secondary was a little off, but they definitely had Ben Roethlisberger running for his life. Uh, but on the flip side of that, he threw for 501 yards, had 49 completions, four touchdowns, four picks. Not all his fault, but no, here's yeah, a, a lot of them were tips. Here's a guy, yeah, tip, tip balls. Uh, here's a guy who he's going to be 40. The team owes him 40 million this coming season. I believe they have the club option. Um, do you bring him back? He, at times this year, especially the second half of the season, was a liability. Well, the first 11 games of the year, he looked pretty damn good. Uh, I at, mean, times. at times. At times, he looked good, sure. He looked sure. good. They, have a, they had a defense that was keeping True. him in the game. Yes. But $40 million on a 40-year-old, uh, that's, that's a lot of money. And based upon his looks on the sidelines, him and Pouncey were basically in tears hugging each other, and it just looked like it was the end. And his comment of, if they want me back, I'll be back. Doesn't sound too good there in the Berg no. that uh, Big Ben will come back. And it sounds like there's a big rebuild in order. And not to mention, they don't have a whole lot of money to room to play with under the cap. No. So I, I think the Steelers basically, for you know the foreseeable future, are looking at uh, third or fourth place in that AFC North. And... That that doesn't look good for the people down there. No, and you know, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see them maybe try to uh, try to maybe move up in the draft, get somebody else. Yeah, there's there's five quarterbacks um, that are NFL ready right now. You know, but but his, his legacy really is of a good draft because sure. that same draft year uh, you had the number one overall pick that went to the Chargers mm. was uh, Eli Manning, yep. and his dad says he's not playing there. So, Got, and then Philip Rivers, Rivers got drafted. Draft, yep. yep, and then you know pretty much the Giants and the San Diego Chargers flip flopped. And then Roethlisberger came out. You know, yep. and, and you know maybe a lot of people know, a lot of people don't know. You know, he was a Mac quarterback. Yep, he came out Miami of the, oh, Miami of Ohio. I mean, and I, I there's not this loss that he that had on. Sunday, it does not put a blemish on his career. Because no, he's a he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no question. Undeniably, Two Super Bowls, yeah. He's he's definitely earned his his gold jacket down in Canton, no oh, yeah. question about it. But you, know, you just hate to see guys the careers that were. I mean, people grew up watching this guy play, and it's just the downfall. But I mean, if if his last game he threw five hundred yards, that's a pretty good um, pretty good way to go out. Even though they did lose, but it, it wasn't because of him. What what is your thoughts on uh, the shit talking before that game? Because you know Juju. Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to TikTok anymore after he kept getting lit up for TikToking and doing his dance on the uh, 50-yard line. Well, I think the Bengals three weeks ago let him know that his TikTok was a, was a joke and it needed to stop. And he's, I mean, and he's like, I'm going to stop. After he got lit up, he, he, I'm going to stop. Well, I mean, but then he said he If said they would have won that week, game, he would have kept it yeah, up. I mean, but he said this last week, uh, the, the Browns are this, the Browns. Well, the Browns yeah. came out and handed you. Twice. What did he call them? Just gray faces. Yeah, gray faces. Gray faces. Yeah. So, I mean, and and then what? The, the one thing I didn't like was fourth quarter, they're down by four touchdowns at this point, and he's dancing. 
He's dancing before the ball is snapped, and it's like this guy doesn't get it. He, it's all about himself. He's a talent like nobody else. I mean, he's he's definitely a you know a top ten, top fifteen uh, receiver, but it's always about him, and he puts himself over the team, and and they're going to pay for it because, or he's going to pay for it because the Steelers are not going to bring him back this this next season. So no, they're not going to bring him back at all. Well, and then you know, let's you know, we'll talk to since we're talking about shit talkers. You know, going into this week's game, we'll talk about it later with the lines and stuff like that. But you know, you got you got the Browns going into Kansas City, and uh, you got on uh, was it Instagram or something like that? Is it either today or was it yesterday? <laughs> you got Claypool, you Chase, know. Chase Claypool. He was doing a like a game game film study on his Instagram page with some fans, and uh, at the end of the the meeting, uh, this is. The uh, memorable uh, soundbite that he left. You know, bad loss, but um, Browns are going to get clapped next week, so it's all good. Really? Uh, I <laughs> really? Hey, you guys just got your asses handed to yep. you, and you have the audacity to go on your Instagram or you're doing whatever interview you're doing, and to start spewing bullshit like that. Yeah, that's um. That's nonsense, if you ask me. Um, it, it's sore loser. It, it puts a target on on your back. Next year, the Browns will play him twice, and you bet your ass that he's going to be public enemy number one, and they're going to go after him hard, and he's going to regret those words. And I just I think for a guy in his rookie season to to say that that puts a black mark on it, and he's gonna he's gonna wear that for. For quite a while now, oh, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna have to uh, explain himself. For <laughs> he's that gonna be comment. reaping what he sowed. Oh, is yeah, what he's gonna be doing. Not only are, are, are the brownies gonna go after him, I think uh, every other team's gonna look at him like a punk and gonna go hard after him just because he's got a big mouth. He, he, word word to the wise: shut your mouth, accept the loss, and be done with it. Move on. Start getting ready for next season. <laughs> I think somebody had re, somebody had replied on there, and I I can't remember who the who the life of me was. I was. You know, scrolling through Twitter and stuff like that. It says, man, shouldn't you be booking your vacation right now? <sighs> Get off the computer. Exactly. Go, go do something positive with your life, and exactly. just don't make yourself look stupid like you did. Oh man! But no, I, I, I am not for that kind of uh, shit talking. We'll say, but what the Titans did in Week Eleven to Baltimore after they beat them in Baltimore, they all huddled on the their logo. I mean, I. I <laughs> That, I don't know. I, I think, just like the Claypool comment, you better be careful because there might come a time where you got to pay the piper. And it certainly did when Peters got the pick to seal the victory. Um, looked like he might have pushed the uh, receiver down, but that wasn't a call. Anyways, he gets the interception. They go down. And the whole defense starts jumping on the lo- logo of the Titans. And um, it was kind of like, hey, yeah, payback, payback, and so in that situation, good, you know, because if if you're going to put it out there that you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna make a mockery of of my team, all right, be careful when it happens to your team, and, and that's exactly what happened in that game. What do you think of Matt Nagy? I thought his head was going to explode after that uh, uh, unsportsmanlike uh, foul and the ejection of the receiver. Well, 
His, I, I'm telling you right now, and I wish he was mic'd up so you'd see this because after that happened, the receiver, and forgive me for I didn't do my research and write his name down, but that's not the first time he's had an issue with the Saints. Or no, oh. I'm sorry, the teams have always had some blood this year. Well, the last time they played, was it Monday Night Football, that guy went up to their secondary, their their corner. Punched the, him in the face. Yeah, Punched the, guy, the, was, helmet, the yeah. guy with two last names. And just started jacking him up. Like, what? In, yeah, exactly, really? Exactly. And, you know, it was like kind of one of those things. Like, it happened again. Yep. And he went to the – he went over the sideline. And I wish Nagy was queued up because you couldn't read his lips because he had his mask over his face. That guy was ho-hum after that. They walked his ass to the locker room. Mm-hmm. And then you saw him back on the sidelines in you know shorts and a shirt afterwards, and uh, you know what? Here's the thing: is it's plays like that, plays that like that that happen, extend the drives, sure. mm-hmm. which ultimately cost them the game. You take stupid penalties, you take drop passes, like Mims had. That was it. Was about as good of as executed. Trick play as I've seen. I mean, they did it to a T, except for Mims just dropped the ball in the end zone. And I, you know, I felt like the Bears were really going to compete in this game. And at that point, it would have tied the game. Uh, they were they were neck and neck with the Saints. Yeah. And after that drop, it just seemed like the whole team took a shit, stopped playing football, and forgot how to play football. And the the rest is history. The Saints just kind of chipped away. The old man looked pretty good. Their running game looked pretty good. Again, I'm a fan of defense. Yeah, that Saints defense is is yeah. second to none. Yeah, Saints is which good defense. Pulled pulled them out of the rubble a few times, and and they go on and get the win. You know, what my favorite play of that game was. The catch by Jimmy Graham in the end zone with no time left, and, and he pretty, runs right out. Of the pretty tunnel. much said like "fuck you guys, I'm I'm out of here." He started his career in New Orleans, and all all uh, expectations are he's going to retire yeah, after I'll, this. All all signs are. What a way to go out! Unbelievable one handed catch makes the catch. Clock strikes zero. He gets up and he runs down the tunnel. That's it. <laughs> Bye. He's, he, he's like uh, "fuck you guys, I'm out of here." That was a That's good pretty sw- much swan song. Hey, you want to run to the shower? Hey, I meet you at the showers. Jimmy Graham was probably the first of the tight ends in this generation that, you know, he you had to game plan for him. He was a difference maker, and when he was with the Saints, him and Drew Brees were pretty unstoppable. And then, obviously, Gronk and uh, Brady got together, and, you know, now the, the, the position is just, you know, it, it's just glorified tight end. They're, they're huge, and they can catch, and they're athletic. Two other guys I'm going to tell you on that one. Gonzalez, yeah. Antonio Gates. Well, sure. But I think Jimmy Graham, you know, made them turn that position into like, like you're going to, he's going to get more catches he than, was like than a, receivers. He, what he was is he was a big-ass wide receiver. Yep, yep. That's exactly what he and was. I, and I think a lot of the players coming up after him really emulated the way he, he was, and that's how that's how they play today. So going forward to this, this week coming up here, we got the uh, – we got Kansas City and uh, and Cleveland. I was going to say Cincinnati. Got, <laughs> Don't the, you dare! Yeah, the, <laughs> my, my dad might crawl through the the radio on the you. Ba- <laughs> We're not going to talk about the Bengals. The Bungles. But no. So you got Kansas City and you got the Browns, and it's an uh, 
the Browns are getting nine and a half. And this, this I don't agree with. Um, obviously, I picked Pittsburgh last week. Um, that number was a bit ridiculous, in my opinion. It was like seven and a half, I want to say. But you look at the way Kansas City played. I get it. They pretty much sat everybody in week 17. But when you have you know, a team that's kind of limping into the playoffs, I mean, if you want to say um, – what were they? Fourteen and two, limping in. They, you know, they the week prior to that, they barely got past the Falcons. It took a missed chip shot by Young Way Who, yeah, Koo, yep. to uh, you know he missed he missed the 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 field goal to tie it. But they squeaked by in that game. Then you take they sit their big guys in week seventeen. They have a bye week. So how fresh are they going to be coming in? Um, that that's the tough question here. Um, so I think I look at that, and on the flip side, I look at you know what Cleveland's got. They're riding some motivation right now. They got some momentum. They're going to get Denzel Ward back. Uh, their coach, who was down in the basement last week, yeah, did you hear about uh, that? So his his so, his kids. Yeah, no, well, see, he's he's downstairs in the basement watching the game, and he had paused his DVR, and then started it back up again. So he was like. Fifteen or twenty seconds yeah, the later, feed, the feed upstairs was was ahead of his feed, and so everybody's screaming, and he's like, <laughs> "What's going?" On? He's probably, "What game are they watching?" Like this is the last, like this is the only game on right now, uh-huh. and there's people cheering. Yep, his kids started jumping up and down, and then he saw what happened. But you're gonna get him. I mean, there's no as as the time of recording right now, which is Wednesday evening. Um, there's no official word whether or not he'll be on the sidelines, but all indications are he will be. So having him back on the sideline really is going to motivate that team and, and getting their defense healthy. And hopefully Batonio will be able to line up at on uh, the offensive line. And they had a guy last week that literally got into the clubhouse the day before the game. They picked him off the Jets practice squad. And like Baker was saying the day of, because I had to introduce myself to this guy. And um, You mean the commercials didn't help him out at all? <laughs> I'm sure he knew who he was. But <laughs> um, but with that being said, that nine and a half I think is absurd. Um, I do see the, the Chiefs winning um, a closer game than I think a lot of people would expect. I think it's going to be tight. But in the end, I – I think the weapons that Kansas City has will, you know, overtake Cleveland. Their secondary is – there's a lot of question marks in this secondary. They gave up 500 yards to Roethlisberger, but getting Ward back will help. Oh, yeah, getting him back in the lineup. But the way that Kansas City can make plays, the way Mahomes can make plays with his feet uh, and their speed, having Kelsey – it, it's almost unfair. So I, I see, I see it being, you know, maybe a, a, a six point game, possibly seven, but definitely Cleveland's going to cover. They're going to, you know, go into next season riding high, and unfortunately, I think their run's going to come to an end. But I mean, I know I can speak for myself and my dad, who's been a uh, a hurting uh, Cleveland Browns fan for many years, twenty six years without a playoff win. I know that win meant a lot to him, so um, it's something definitely to, to ride into next year. But it's a building block. For oh, sure. absolutely, and it's gonna it's gonna bring some people to that team. But Kansas City is gonna end up winning, and unfortunately, but you know, 
Maybe I eat crow. Maybe I come on here next week with another public service announcement. <laughs> apology to Browns Nation. Yeah, you know, and, I, and I'm going to agree. I'm going to take I'm going to take Kansas City in this one, and um, I, it's going to be Kansas City's not going to cover the spread. I, I, that's my firm belief that they're so not going to cover Cleveland the spread. To cover. Yeah, they're, yeah, I'm taking Cleveland, but Kansas City's ultimately going to win the game. They're going to win the game. I think nine and a half is kind of a disrespect. Uh, that, you know what, to be honest with you, it's a slap in the face. Because yeah. if you look at some of the other games we're going to go in, there's nothing that touches that one. No, not at all. So the next game on that docket is the Ravens and the Bills. Uh, here's a game that is very intriguing. A, to two, me, a two and a half point. To me, this is the game of the weekend. Um, and then here's the caveat. It's supposed to snow. And if anybody knows anything about snow in Buffalo, hey, that rhymed. It could get nasty. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the game plan that Buffalo needs to have is to contain Lamar Jackson. If they can contain him and keep him from uh, running a wild like he did the other day. Well, all indications are Lamar is not too happy about – the snow situation. I don't think he's had a, had a game to where the snow was going to be a factor. So it, that snow will definitely slow him down, depending on the severity of it. But you, as a Buffalo Bills team, you want to force him to beat you with his arm, which he's got an arm. Newsflash: He's been doing it. Yeah, he, he's made some throws the last month that. Um, let let's go back to the game, uh, poop, poopy pants gate in Cleveland. You know his the first play out of the out of the shoot out of the out of the toilet. He he throws for a forty something yard touchdown pass. Guy gets I, out. Guy guy has to run out. Cut I mean, ca- cut cable. Come he, back in. He reminded me of a dog after he takes a shit. You know they get the zoomies. Dog dog takes a shit. He gets the zoomies. That's what Lamar Jackson did on the football field. He goes out there after he takes a shit that obviously was was up there for a while. He comes out and he's a different player. He's a whole different player. He comes out. He starts throwing the ball. He did everything but run and takes the the uh, Ravens to to win the game. So I think. Do you think maybe he didn't run because he <laughs> might have had the squirts? Well, there 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 might have been a miss a mess uh, uh, evolving. But I think if you're Buffalo, you want to keep him in the pocket. Yeah. And I think if you're also Buffalo, the snow is your friend. So you you want to definitely slow him down. Um, but here's a situation kind of like Green Bay where you have Josh Allen, who I don't think he's afraid of the snow. He's going to beat you with his arm. Yeah. He's got Steph Diggs, who is right now the best receiver in football, arguably. So you have that. You do have kind of a makeshift running game. Uh, I see they, they signed uh, Devontae Freeman, who was a retread from the Giants this year, but – uh, Zach Moss is out. He had an injury. So, you know, the running game could be an issue. But ultimately, they're giving uh, Baltimore two and a half. I think Buffalo wins this game. I don't think it's close. I see maybe a 10-point game. I think if there's a team that's riding momentum, riding uh, a home field advantage, it's Buffalo. And I, I think they're going to move on to the AFC Championship game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair, my, given the weather conditions. I mean, yeah. but... If Buffalo is anything like Michigan, the weather could change tomorrow, and they right. could say it's going to be 65 and sunny. But with that being said, any element outside of 
rain and sunshine is tough on players. Sure. The only players that like playing in the snow are the Green Bay Packers <laughs> is because, well, let's face it, that's what they train in all year long. Yep. So my pick for this is going to be the Bills, and I, I'm giving them maybe a win by six. I'm yeah. not even going to say a whole touchdown, maybe six. Yeah. Two field goals, and that's going to be a stretch because you know just as well as I do Kicking. when it, and you know, in the history of football, when there's snow on the ground, it makes it a little bit more difficult. Sure, sure. Next game, we're going to talk about the Packers and the Rams. Well, here we go again. You know, with the Rams, nobody's giving them a shot. No one. I mean, I don't. I don't think there's any pundits out there right now that think that the Rams can go into Green Bay uh, and bring home a victory. The good news with the Rams are is. Uh, Donald is going to play. I guess he's got a tear in his rib cartilage, similar to what Stafford had to the end of this season, which for a defensive lineman, that, that's, that's a tough injury. And you, you wonder how effective he's going to be, but I, I don't put it past him. I think he's going to have a big game. Um, but December, I'm sorry, January, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, forget about it. The guy, the guy is obviously the MVP of the season, and getting an extra week to rest up his guys, um, I, I just, I don't see any way that the Rams can go in there and come home with a victory. Um, I'm looking at the spread of seven. Aaron Rodgers is going to go out there and pick them apart. I think he's going to specifically go after Jalen Ramsey because that's just what. Aaron Rodgers will do. He'll be he'll be pinned up against Devontae Adams all day, and Adams is just a freak of nature, and Green Bay wins by 13. Yeah, so the weather in Green Bay this weekend on Saturday is going to be a nice 34 degrees. However... That's like fall in... in oh, however, Thursday and Friday... A little bit of snow? Snow. Oh. So... Is do I think snow's gonna play a factor and weather's gonna play a factor? Probably not. For Green Bay? No, because no. why? Because they practice in this. Right. Los Angeles is gonna struggle. Aaron Don I'm glad to see that he is a Yeah, he'll be back. Cooper Cup's back. Yeah, um, they, they got they got some of their weapons back. They do their defense I think Aaron Donald, like you know, like we said, I think he's probably one of the best defensive linemen I've seen in yeah. my lifetime. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, he's already a first ballot Hall of Famer right now. Yeah, and, you know, the guy's a freak of nature. However, it's Aaron Rodgers, man. Yep. No, Aaron, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys where um, it doesn't matter. Uh, he's he's if he sees something, he's going to make a change. And I want to say probably eighty percent of the time, the change that he makes at the line is. In the positive for the Packers. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely the best quarterback right now going in. And like I said before, giving him that amount of rest, they were already hot going in. So I think that bye week, because he they played. They were looking for number one seed in week 17, so they all played. So I don't think they lost their rhythm. And he just – there isn't a throw he can't make. They wanted the home cooking is yeah. what they wanted. And let's not, let's not forget – I mean, I believe Aaron Rodgers is riding with the biggest chip on his shoulder, and I don't think anything less than a Super Bowl is acceptable in his eyes right now. Yeah, no, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he, he's definitely still riding that chip on his shoulder. But hopefully, that chip on his shoulder leads him to another ring on his finger. He's been real humble. He's never said anything about it. He just let his play do his talking, and that's that's the epitome of a professional. Exactly. And the last game we got is the uh, Saints and the Bucks. Yeah, this is the um, the AARP Bowl, we'll call it, between Breeze be, and Brady. 
Oh, some of the some of the Twitter heads people had the Brady and Breeze on the History Channel this weekend. <laughs> the geriatric bowl. Um, this could be a good game. I mean, it, it depends on which Drew Brees shows up. Um, but be, basically, seeing how the football team pretty much you know rolled with Tampa Bay last week, I, I see the the Saints defense, which is clearly their better defense. I can see them getting to Brady. Um, they have a better secondary, so I think they'll be able to contain uh, the, uh, the the wide receivers a little bit better and get get to Brady when they need to. And then on the flip side, um, the Saints have a better offense. They have a more complete offense than Washington did, so they're going to put up points. Um, Kamara, who didn't play real well, I think he was still coming little shaky from coming off COVID, but I can see him being a big factor out of the backfield, more like using his hands, making catches, and uh, yeah, the swing passes. Yeah, and, that's. Yeah. I mean, you get the ball in his hands in open field. There's you just, look what he did on Christmas Day. That helped my fantasy team out. <laughs> Six touchdowns. Yeah, I know that. It's really going to see what quarterback shows up that day. Um, Will Breeze, because clearly this is Drew Brees' last run at it, and I I think. The question was posed early this week, like, who needs it more, um, uh, Tom Brady or Drew Brees for their, their legacy? And clearly it's it's Drew Brees, even though he has a, a Super Bowl under his ring, but under his belt. But if he goes out in his final season and wins the Super Bowl a la John Elway, you know, that'll cement his his, his legacy. I mean, let's not, let's not sugarcoat it here. He's, he's got the... The record in, in completions, uh, uh, yardage. Uh, I think him and him and Brady are neck and neck in touchdown passes. So it means a lot more to Breeze. But with that, you know, being said, um, the Saints are gonna win this game. I think the goat goes home, and the Saints are gonna win by a touchdown. And it's gonna be because of their defense. Ooh, Saints! All right, Saints. Who who to say they're gonna beat them Saints? Yeah. Who they? Who they? Well, I, I'm gonna go against you on this one. I'm gonna take the Bucks. The Bucks stops here. You know, but it, it's it's not that I think that Brady needs to. Um, he doesn't have anything to prove. I, I agree with you on that one. He has nothing to prove. What I really think that is going to be special is he's going to go and he's going to show them. Hey, look, it didn't matter if I was with. Belichick, all those years, and everybody said that Belichick was the the wizard behind everything. He can confidently sit there and say, "Hey, look, I don't need Bill to put a, another ring on my finger." Right? You know, and in his mindset, he's got something to prove not only to himself, but he's also got something to prove to everybody who said the only reason why Brady was as good as he was is because Bill Belichick. Yeah, I think he's he's definitely got. A bit of a chip, like Rogers, but you know the whole thing is, like you said, it, was it Belichick or Brady? And and you know not to say that Belichick didn't do a good job this year because half of his defense opted out, but seeing what Brady is able to do in a whole new system with a pretty hard nosed coach who 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 doesn't give a shit yep. that you're you know the the quote unquote goat yeah, he doesn't care yeah he don't give a shit he's, you know he, Arians he's a savage he, he's he's gonna call it what it is he's he's and and you know what I think that has pushed Brady 
especially in the second half, that he doesn't care who you are. You better show up or get out. I, I think his mentality is, hey, look, uh, everybody in this locker room puts their pants on one leg at a time. Yep. Uh, you're no different than anybody nope. else. And and he's held them accountable. And that's why they're where they're at. But, you know. So, so let, me, let me ask you this question. And obviously we'll probably discuss this a little bit later. Do you think that if Tom Brady wins a championship in Tampa, he retires? I do. Think I so? do. I think ed, ed players are selfish like that. I think. Wants to go at the pinnacle yeah, of his career. Yeah, I mean, because. You you just look what it did for Brady, or I'm sorry, Peyton Manning, and what it did for John Elway. I mean, it just it was the icing on the cake. And to go win a championship game, you know, even though he has another year left on his deal, I, it's very hard to win back to back championships in the in the NFL. And I do think at 43 years old, he would win his sixth. Yeah. Ring? Yeah, it's a good time to go out. Good time to go out. No, I mean, yeah. Uh, go out while you can uh, maybe still walk yeah. after retirement. Mm-hmm. You know, you see some of these guys. I mean, I've heard articles. I've read articles and, and heard different interviews about uh, former NFL players who just who struggled to get out of bed every morning when they're retired. And, right. you know, Calvin Johnson, he was one of the guys like, I just, you know, I'm just tired of mm-hmm. feeling this way. And Calvin Johnson, he's a... He's a genius. The oh. guy, the guy's got brains galore, and he didn't want to ruin his after football career. And he yeah. figured he did enough, and you know he's on the ballot this year, and and he deserves to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, it looks like we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have an exciting weekend of some football. Oh yes, Saturday and Sunday this week. Um, our uh, our buddy uh, in uh, Australia. Oh, he had he had put a tweet saying he didn't have to get up at like two o'clock in the morning to watch a football game. Poor Nick. Yeah, Nick, yeah, Nick. Nick said something on Twitter like after he saw the schedule release, he's like, "I don't need to get up at two o'clock in the morning to watch a football game." So, yeah, cheers, he, Nick. Yeah, he lives down under, and he's a diehard, diehard Lions fan. And you know, he would get up. I think kickoff was around two thirty, and he never missed a kickoff. You know, so he would get up before work on Monday. Watch the Lions ultimately lose, so he's going to set the tone for the day. And but you know, kudos to him, and we'll we'll have him on here in an upcoming episode. Yeah, he's got to figure out the logistics. I mean, if we got to sit up and drink that long, <laughs> it is what it is, right? Yes. Hey, but before I, we we move into our next topic, which is going to be the NHL, which by the way starts here in about an hour and yeah. hour and twenty minutes. Hour, yep. Yeah, five thirty uh, puck drop for the uh, for the season. I want to go in and I. I want to make a plug on something. So last week we talked about a little butcher place in Sylvan Lake called the Butchery. Well, Thursday, I made the trek up there on my way home from work. Out of the way, well, let me tell you. Worth it. It was, oh, my God, it was damn worth it. It was absolutely dynamite. The female shorts, or I'm sorry, the culotte that you cooked. Yeah. Was, uh, was about as good as any cut of steak or cut of meat that I've had. Um, I'm not one, and I know I'll probably get a lot of flack for this, but I'm not one to have have it uh, too pink, we'll say. Right, well, what's it, so, I, so I'll just let everybody know. So a culotte, what a culotte is, it is the cap of a top sirloin. 
that you take. So I took it. I scored the fat cap on top of it. I put some uh, some of my special rub on top. I tossed it in my pit boss, smoked it at uh, 250 degrees until they got an internal temperature of 140, pulled it, let it rest, slice it up. So you're looking at medium, medium rare. That's uh, um, NFTS. That's a not for Tom Sloan uh, in that regard. Oh, yeah. But, but he came over, and he kind of looked at it at first, and... I said, you got to try it. He's like, uh, I mean, it was, okay, fine. It was still moving, for crying out loud. <laughs> big deal. <laughs> I just knocked its horns off, wiped its ass, and threw it on a plate. No big deal. But, but un- unbelievable. So if you guys ever get a chance, that's a cut of meat that it's very simple to do, and it tastes very flavorful. Yeah, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. And then Friday... We came over, we fired up the Blackstone. Mm-hmm. I put the 3B burgers on the uh, Blackstone, got a nice crust on them. Shout out to Mike Ivasil, who uh, highly recommended the Blackstone. Blackstone. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. So we fired a couple up on there, cooked them about medium, and uh, it was worth every penny. Chef Dave, he does a great job at the butchery. It was a it was a burger. You know, usually you 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 pop a burger on, and it's you know a certain size. And by the time it's done cooking, it's about half that size. This <laughs> burger went on big, and it came off big, and it had big big taste. Highly recommend it. We will be indulging in those bad boys again in uh, three weeks. Super Bowl, Su- Super Bowl fifty two. The Super that'll Bowl be, will be that'll yeah. be on the menu here at the Speakeasy. We'll be firing up. But yeah, if you guys get a chance, uh, they uh, they got a show that uh, gets released on Fridays on uh, on their YouTube channel, uh, Woodward Sports. It's called the Smoke Show. You guys check them out. Good guys and everything like that. That's definitely. Uh, they also deliver, so any of our South Lion folks around, you can call in. You can place an order. They'll deliver it to your house. And that's uh, definitely it's kind of a like, bonus. That's kind of like best of both worlds. But however, uh, you know. I like to go up there and and see it all firsthand. So uh, probably Saturday before Super Bowl Sunday, or the uh, Saturday before Super Bowl, I'm gonna hop in the car. I'm gonna drive up there. Hop in the car. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up some good deliciousness. Get some meat in the car. So now that I got done talking about somebody else's meat, let's. Uh, and now I'm hungry. Yeah, let's really get into what I what I really want to talk about. <laughs> Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Pension we're goals, dancing in the, the, in the studio right now. Goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. So, you want an interesting fact? Yes. Interesting fact that this is the third time in 25 years the first puck drop in the NHL is happening in the winter. 95 was the first one. The, the most recent one after today was in 2013. Those are for labor stoppages. Oh, yeah. So as everybody knows, COVID has been kind of hard on everybody in the sports world, whether you're a sports lover, sports player, whatever. It's been hard on everybody. And, uh, you know, kudos to the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, NCAA, 
all those folks just trying to get games in. To, uh, and really, at a time where you can't go anywhere, no, you can't go to a bar, you can't go to a restaurant, you can't do, you can't do shit. Yep. It's nice to see that. People need something at home to watch and to be entertained with. And, and the sports, being able to go off, you know, not entirely without a hitch, but having live sports has definitely made the, the quarantine a little bit easier to deal with, especially around here. Oh, for sure. So NHL, man, I tell you seems right like, now. Seems like forever ago that our Detroit Red, or I should say our Detroit Red Wings uh, laced them up in. Yeah, it was a March March 11th, I think, was their last was their last game. Like Ten months ago. Against Carolina Hurricanes, oh. which, by the way, they're opening up tomorrow. Against the Carolina Against Hurricane. the Carolina Hurricanes at home at the uh, LCA. At the Pizza Palace, as I like to call it. <laughs> yeah, Pizza Pizza. <laughs> you know where, what? Where you want to you want a hot and ready? Gonna yeah. cost you twenty five bucks. Oh yeah, you you go outside the arena, five bucks. Yeah, yeah tw- twenty five bucks inside. <laughs> it's like that guy outside of Tiger Stadium back in the day would sell knots, hot knots. Yeah, five dollars here, ten dollars inside. Yep. Yep. Everybody would just grab a bag oh, from yeah. that guy, just shove them in your pocket, and away you go. Yeah. So a lot of exciting different. Uh, Different uh, looks in the divisional lineups with teams, uh, you know, given COVID, what they've tried to do is they've tried to balance teams to be in uh, regional areas, and you're going to play within your region, so you're not going to have, and I used to love it as a kid on the weekends, I used to love those West Coast uh, West Coast games where uh, Detroit would travel out to with the West Coast, they'd play Vancouver, then they they make a stop in Calgary, then they make a stop Calgary. in Ed, they make a stop in Edmonton. Uh, and stuff like that, you know, we're not, you know, we're not going to see that. No. You know, we're not going to see that here. Everything's going to pretty much be in the uh, Eastern and Central Division for the Detroit Red Wings. But the division I really like that North. I tell you right now, I really, really like that North Division. They're the only division that's going to, you know, travel between two and three time zones too. Yeah, and and, and and I tell you, they had to do a lot of work to get the, all the providences to agree to this because. Uh, they at first they were not they were not wanting to do that, and so the the talk was that they were gonna if they couldn't get the agreement from the from the government in these providences they were gonna bubble them. They were gonna all play in the bubble in Edmonton, but there has been some outbreaks in Canada, which aren't any anywhere near what they are here um, because I think they've done a really well job containing it. But they're uh, gonna allow the inter regional travel to happen so that's a good thing i think it's a good thing for for the the cities that that have those teams they're going to be able to have their teams playing at home not, not only that though the senators are making a making a push uh to the ontario government to allow 6600 fans per game i don't know if they're going to get that or not because here's the thing if you let if you let ottawa do it then everybody else then you're going to have to let toronto do it and then everybody's yeah. going to say, "Well, you guys let Toronto do it." Yeah. Then Winnipeg is going to go to the their, you know, their their health, and they say, "Hey, well, Providence. hey, they're doing it here," and it's going to be a tumbling fight. I really don't see fans in the stands there probably for maybe another two months. I think once the the vaccine gets rolled out a little bit more, um, you know, it could be even like the playoffs. They don't they don't start letting fans into the playoffs. Yeah. So I mean, I don't I don't think they want to risk it because it's I mean, you saw in the NFL where some teams allowed fans and, and other teams in the same division didn't. You know, it didn't seem fair, but, I mean, it's it's up to each uh, 
jurisdiction as, as far as that's concerned to do that. Yeah. So no, I don't. I don't see fans. Uh, you know, as sad as that is to say, but um, hockey's a game where you know you really don't need fans. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, and, and a lot of a lot has changed in the in the landscape right now. We're actually sitting right here in the studio, and we got the uh, NHL Network on, and uh, obviously we're not going to be talking until the first puck drop comes on just because uh, I would rather just focus on the hockey instead of uh, talking to you guys at the same time because it would probably be a lot of silence in between uh, <laughs> in discussions and stuff like that. But, you know, a lot the, of people tune it out. You know, but in the north you got, uh, you know, you got Calgary, you got Edmonton, you got Vancouver, you got Montreal, you got Winnipeg, you got Toronto, and you got Ottawa. Uh, Ottawa, Ottawa, super young team. Young team, but I think they're headed in the right direction. Yeah, they 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 had some <clears throat> pretty good early draft picks this year, but you know draft picks don't usually come right into play right away. So they're yeah. they've got some building to do, just like the Wings do. You know, so for Ottawa, you know, I'm 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 going to go through it this time or whatever as we're as we're plugging along here. You know, Ottawa's you know in each division they take the top four teams in each division, and uh, that's who's going to make the playoffs. You know, so Ottawa. I don't see Ottawa being a, a a contender at all for a playoff spot in this seven team division at all. Uh, my next one up after that is uh, is Winnipeg. As as much as I love the Winnipeg Jag, Jets, I said Jags. Jags. Yeah, the Winnipeg Jets. As much as I love them, you know, Connor Hellebuck. He had a great he had a great season. They lack defense. They sort of improved on the defense uh, this year for them. Their scores didn't. Didn't do them any favors they, in the yeah. bubble. They they no. just they didn't show up. Liney didn't show up, and yeah, you know they had a lot of time. They had a hard time, you know, putting points on the board, and that's uh, that was their downfall from that year. Uh, my next one up after that, I'm a firm believer that uh, I think Vancouver made a huge mistake by getting rid of Markstrom, and then yeah, Braden Holpe. I, I I'm not a I'm not sold on him at all. I think uh, I think I think time is uh, time to tell. I guess maybe a change of scenery is yeah. going to do him some good. Maybe uh, you know you hope that with a lot of players that kind of they plateau. Yeah, and you think, well, you know, it's, it's not necessarily the team. It's you know they they just need a different surrounding that'll re-energize them. Maybe that'll be the case here. You know, and here's the thing is I, you know, I could be wrong because I was kind of going back and forth between Winnipeg, or not Winnipeg, but uh, Montreal and Vancouver for uh, for the number four spot in that division. I was going back and forth, but I, I got to think Bergevin is going to do a, a better job this year with with Montreal. But I'm, with that being said, I'm going to be very cautiously optimistic. So I'm really going out on a limb on that one. It, now the next three is just pretty much. Uh, I think number three is going to be Calgary. Hmm. I, I, I really do. I think with the addition of Markstrom is uh, over Talbot that they had last year. I think I could I could see them winning this division. I well, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Well, I mean, let's this not is mean, early. Yeah, let's not get ahead the of ourselves. The way too early predictions. Yeah, I mean, extreme. The puck hasn't dropped yet, and we're our, no. <laughs> there's been no preseason games. There's no. So pretty much, we're making these predictions based off of based upon their, their na- roster name, and their skill level, names, and what they did in the previous year. So I'm going to have Calgary in the third. They're going to make the playoffs. Uh, 
But I hey, I tell you right now, ten of their games are going to be a grind because they're going to be playing against Edmonton. Yep. That's going to be a grind. And the number two slot, I do have Edmonton in the number two slot. Uh, the best one-two punch in the NHL right now is your, is Connor McDavid and Leo Drysital. Yeah. Th- that's that hands down is the best. No, as long as they stay healthy, that's the best one and two punch that they got. Could <laughs> I mean could could I mean there's a potential that I feel in my personal opinion that they could finish one and two in scoring. Well, they've come close the last two years. Yeah, and then you know one of the things that uh, uh, I don't really uh, like to see is. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Oscar Kleffbaum, huge fan. He's going to be out this season with a shoulder injury. And uh, I, I read a couple articles about it and stuff like that. And this has just been a lingering injury that he's had ever since playing, uh, you know, youth, organized youth, yeah, separating his shoulder when he was younger. And he said, you know what, if I take a, a uh, like an anti-inflammatory, I get out there and play, uh, you know, when it flares up, that's good. I, 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 I can deal with that. He says, but... It's just it's constant pain, and I don't want to be dependent on. And I give the guy credit. He's like, "Hey, listen, I got to listen to my body. Right. My body's telling me, hey." Uh, and, and that's an injury where a shoulder. I mean, you're you're shooting the puck, you're taking shots to the body, you're getting yeah. hit into the boards. When that that injury just doesn't seem to ever go away unless you really do something severe and take care of it. It sounds like that's what he's doing. Yeah. But, you know, a good addition to them is Tyson Berry. Tyson uh, Tyson Berry last year he played with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, and I think he kind of – I think a change of scenery is going to be really good for him. You know, when he first started out in the league, he was with the Avalanche, then he went to the Leafs, and now he's back. There's a lot of pressure playing well, in Toronto, just well, like New York. I, you know what, and I, don't, and I don't think it's the pressure that got to him. Mike Babcock's an asshole. Well – I mean, and I proved, think he proved that here, Detroit. you know, and I and I I think Mike Babcock and he wore out his welcome in yep. Toronto, yep. Um, but I think Mike Bob Babcock is going Bobcock Babcock. Bob I think Cock. I think I really think Mike Babcock took the soul out of him. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, I really did. He did that here, and oh yeah, the, I mean, he even did that here, even he, though players wouldn't come out and say it, you know, hey, Mike's a good guy, everything like that. But you know what, Babcock's the Mike Patri- Matt Patricia of the NHL, you know, and. Um, you know he's a hard nosed coach, but you got to know when you got to coach and when you got to show compassion. And I don't think he knew that. And here's the thing: is I'm I'm not going to blow a siren or anything like that. But I did I did meet Mike Babcock at a graduation party here locally in Detroit. Table for one. But you know what though, <laughs> he was uh, he was very nice to everybody and everything like that. But that's not in that you know that's not a setting where he's got to try to uh, you know see who's got the biggest one in the room. You know, yeah. he might be. Completely different behind closed doors, and, yeah. it, and, it, and it sounds like he is. So, uh, and then Toronto. I think Toronto's going to take this division. I, I don't think they're going to run away with it, but I think they're going to take it handedly. And the reason why I'm saying that is, uh, you know, in the off season, even though he's at league minimum, and he's and he's 41 years old, he's 40, 37 years, 40, old. 41 years old. His his beard is about <laughs> about 55. Joe Thornton, he's a he's, big body, and you know what? And they're projecting him to play, and he's on the first line. He's also in a, a ZZ Top cover band. Uh, yeah, that is uh, not true. No, but you know, I'm sorry, not the top line, but the top power play line. You know, I watched some of the uh, the blue and white games that they were having, and uh, they had him out there playing with uh, Marner and uh, Austin Matthews on the uh, on the power play line. You know, another point you had Marner on the on the on the point. Uh, Wayne Simmons, he's a he's a journeyman. Yeah, he's he, on, he's, this he's, is his third team in three years. He's he's been around, but you know what though? He he's a grinder. He's a gamer. Well, he said he's in his best 
condition he, in his career. So, and I, he's gone back home to play. So I think that energizes players. So. Yeah, I, I, you know what I think it does. Like uh, you know, Tavares, Tavares leaving. Uh, leaving the Islanders to come to Toronto to play. He's like, he's like, Hey, look, I grew up in the area. I've always wanted to be, I always wanted to play for Toronto. Sure. Here's my opportunity. Now he comes to Toronto and Mm -hmm. you know, even though he steps foot in Long Island, he gets absolutely booed, gets eggs thrown at him, tomatoes, whatever. It doesn't matter. If you're not getting booed and shit thrown at you, then you're doing something wrong. So, so we got that or whatever, but you know, one of the things that that just came up in the last couple of days, you know, Monday, uh, or in the off season, uh, the Canadians had picked up Corey Perry. Corey Perry's a little older. I want to say he's 34, 35. Um, you know, played the majority of his career in Anaheim. in Anaheim. He played a couple seasons with the uh, with the, I'm going to call them the North Stars because the, I, yeah, I, the I Dallas still, North Stars. I, I'm still a fan of the old North Stars jerseys. But you know, he played with them. Uh, he got picked up. I, very uh, very affordable contract. And I think the reason why that they picked him picked him up is because. Uh, Montreal saw Toronto, you know, picking up guys, and uh, you know they, they they probably felt they had to do something. Yeah. But you know, Monday they placed him on ra- waivers. He cleared waivers, and as of today, he was placed on their uh, taxi squad. Okay. So he's not going to the minors. He's gonna be, he's gonna travel with the club. He's gonna be on the taxi so squad. Be a, a healthy scratch. Uh, yeah, for essentially a healthy scratch. He'll, he'll get in the games. I he, mean, he's, he's a grinder. You know, it's like being on the practice squad with a college football team or an NFL team on the practice squad. You're pretty much a tackling dummy. Yeah. So we go to the East. The East, I tell you right now, Boston Boston looks good this year. Uh, Buffalo's going to be interesting. Or Buffalo loaded up. So in the East division here, you got Boston, Buffalo, the Islanders, the Rangers, New Jersey, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Wow, absolutely. There, I mean, with the exception wow. of New Jersey, um, there, any of those teams really can win. I'm not sure about the where the Rangers sit right now, but top to bottom, that that's a pretty strong division. Um, that's going to be uh, those are going to be some fun games to watch. And I think you know, there's eight teams in that division. Remember, like I said, top four make it. I think the number eight seed coming in on this in this uh, East division is going to be the new. Uh, the New Jersey uh, Devils, they really got to have a bounce back year. Um, you know, they've got young talent. They do mixed Jack, in. With, yeah, they got Jack Hughes yeah. and they got some other guys in there that uh, they could they could definitely uh, perform and, and step up as now, long as long as they stay healthy. And now that PK Subban is, uh, um, I think he's been called out and, and rightfully so. It seems. Seems like he's worried more about his name, his brand, the last few years. And he wore out, that's what wore him out of Nashville. And he comes into the Devils and he trains so hard. Last year, just, last it, year he shit the bat. It just doesn't equate on the ice. But no. now that him and Lindsey Vaughn are no longer together, the, uh, the golden couple, um, maybe he starts to look in the mirror and say, I, I need to concentrate on hockey. Yeah, you know, and hopefully, hopefully that's what it does. Hopefully it translates into that. Corey Crawford. Yeah, he, they pick him up and then he retires. It, yeah, he asked for like a like a leave of absence. They gave him a leave of absence, and I want to say it was maybe like a week or so later. He's like, "Peace out, homies." You know, best wishes to him. Whatever, sure. it, whatever it is he's going through. Um, I mean, it, it, no disrespect. You know, my, I'm a firm believer, and I know you're the same way. Family first. Oh, sure. You got to take care of your priorities. Your priorities are at home. It's a. It's definitely a. 
a situation where the next six months is going to be, you know, your your family in, in professional sports is it comes second. And, you yeah, know, you're away from your family a lot, and the way the schedule is shaped up, there's a lot of a lot of times where you're on the road for a week, week and a half, and and there could be tolling on a lot of players. Also, you know, look at what happened with um, Rask in the in the bubble. He he uh, yeah, from he, uh, Boston. He's like. But, you know, he came out later on. Actually, it was before the season started. He came back, and he's like, hey, he's like, I had to I had to leave because I had family issues. Mm-hmm. His daughter was sick. Yeah. And he, you know. And, and not like, being able to, once they were in the bubble, they, and, they and, were in the bubble. They yeah, couldn't and, and get not, out. And not being able to see her and everything like that. He's like, you know what? This game's not that important to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home and be with my family and take well, care of my kids. And then, too, with, with Lundquist, you know, signing with Washington and then having to basically pull out because his heart situation. I mean, I, I think a lot of players see that, and then, it, you know, reality becomes real, that, you know, it, life isn't about sports. Yeah. So, you know, if that's a situation with Corey Crawford, like you said, you know, you know, wish him the wish him the best. But, you know, he's a he's an upper-tier uh, goaltender that just in his prime kind of says, all right, I, I got to hang him up. And yeah. The, the end is history. So I got them coming in at number uh, number seven. I would agree. Number six. I'm, I'm oh no, I'm sorry. They were number eight. Number seven coming in. Number seven, Buffalo. Even though they got oh, Taylor, really? even though they got Taylor Hall, you think it's all hype? I think it's all hype. I think it's all sizzle, no steak. Well, I heard today that uh, grumblings out of Chicago. Or as our buddy Bill calls it, Chicago. Chicago. Shout out to Bill. Um, Jonathan Taves could possibly be on the market. Well, Being that Chicago's uh, not looking so hot. Um, he's on the be, IR right now, by the way. Well, no, that's um, not Jonathan Taves. That's uh, Oh, I'm sorry, Kaner. I'm sorry, yeah. Patrick Kane. Excuse me. Yeah, Patrick Kane is... Possibly on the market, being a guy from Buffalo, um, some considered him to be the greatest American-born hockey player. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that, but um, if that was the case, Buffalo definitely would be a, a good landing spot from him. He loves the town. Um, yeah, he's always repped Buffalo and beats up taxi drivers. <laughs> and even when he played uh, here, juniors, yeah. um, he he definitely did not hide his disdain for this city, but. Um, Buffalo definitely is a landing spot for him potentially. Yeah, I, I just I, I, it, there's still some question marks there. Um, I, I I just I mean I don't know what to say besides that. I mean they, you know they didn't look good last year. They had flashes every yeah. you know last year a little bit here and there, but you know they signed. What you know Taylor Hall is like. You know what I'm going to go get eight million for a year. One, yeah, he signed a one year deal. So eight. So I'm going to go there. I'm going to play 56 games. I'm going to make eight million bucks. I'll do it. Maybe I'll go in there. Maybe I'll put mm-hmm. some points up. You know, get some more interest and stuff like that. But that was definitely an interesting landing spot for him. You know, arguably the one of the top five players in the NHL, and he goes to Buffalo. The next one I got up is uh, the Rangers. I mean, they just need to put it together. I mean, and they got and they have all the tools to put it together. Man, they have everything. Savannah Jag, they got um, uh, what's his name? Jesus, I can't even remember what his name is. It's it's. I'm having a complete brain fart right now. Nets. 
Um, no, it's the guy that they uh, uh, Kako. Yeah, they uh, you know they they drafted Kako uh, number two overall, right behind Jack Hughes. Um, he did okay his rookie campaign. I I think he could probably do a little bit better. But with that being said, well, and then they had the number one pick, so they no Chris Kreider. That's who I was thinking. Alexis Lafreniere. Yeah. Will he play? I mean, he's slated to start yeah. with them, so I think he'll have the a, number one overall pick. Right. That should have went to Detroit, yep. by the way. I they they did uh, they did the the Red Wings no no favor with with that. They yeah, got they, screwed. Yeah, they haven't for a while. So I got the Rangers then, and then. Uh, my next team I'm going to go with. And it's going to be a toss-up between the two. Actually, not really. I'm going to say Washington at number number five. And just and it's not that it's not they're not going to put up points. Is I don't think they're going to stop pucks. Well, but they got Chara. They got Chara. So they, so they did pick up Chara. Chara said, you know what? I want to stay in Boston. If Boston will have me, Boston's like, hey, we're going to go a new direction. You can stay, but you're not going to get the minutes that that you're accustomed to or that you're wanting. Char said, let me think about it for a second. Goes home, tells his wife, hey, pack some bags. We're moving to Washington. <laughs> Not that far away. No, but I mean, <laughs> I, I think it's a great pickup. And Well, um, it, it adds depth and it adds uh, veteran leadership on the defensive side. Yeah. And, and, it, and he's like seven foot tall. You so. know, and it could go either way between the two, between Washington. And then my next pick is going to be Pittsburgh. When is the run of the Geno Sid show going to be done? Fifteen years, fifteen years they've been together and playing. They, they produce, they keep producing. I know, but come on, yeah, it's it's been a hell of a run. It has been. It, I mean, it has we, been. We've experienced it here. So Pittsburgh, I mean Pittsburgh and, and Washington is a toss up between the two. You know, the top four that I have coming out of that division is I really think that it's going to be. Boston taking yeah. it all, even though they lost Tory Krug and they lost Jara, I just think that they, I think they're a little more depth, so they'll be the number one. The number, the number two, Philly is going to be Philly, for sure. They they seem to give it three quarters of the season, and then they just peter out toward the end. Three is going to be Islanders, which by the way, I'm a huge fan of them re-signing Barcel, and it's, and it's actually a pretty cap friendly deal. So, uh, but. The caveat behind that, if I if I read this correctly, the deal that he signed when it expires, he's still going to be an, a restricted free agent. I think, hmm. which good for them. You don't you don't see that too often. No, hardly ever. Well, you don't sign that deal unless you have faith in that organization. Yeah. So the next one up, we're going to talk about the Central Division. The Central Division. Um, Number one over number one that's going to be there is going to be Tampa. Even though they don't have Kucherov for the year, he could come back for the playoffs. Yeah, he could. But I think Tampa Bay is going to be the Stamkos uh, is back. Yeah, so you're going to get your your scoring, and they've got the best goaltender in the NHL. So yeah, happens to be on your fantasy team. <laughs> Draft him in the first round, by the way. <laughs> my my first run at fantasy hockey. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, I just go with the top available player. Turns out he's a goalie. I don't I don't know what I'm doing. What the hell? <laughs> I just won a fantasy uh, NFR championship in football, but hockey has going to be it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, so I see Tampa Bay taking uh, taking the number one on there. Uh, number two, it could go. Uh, 
man, this is a tough one to go back and forth on. Dallas for me. I think Dallas is going to do it. I mean, Dallas did had such a hell of a run. However, they're without Ben Bishop and Tyler Sagan, so you got to factor that in. Yeah. But I still think they're pretty deep of a team to where they, they got can, some young guys. They're, yeah. they're fast. Uh, number three is definitely going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be Columbus. Columbus. I think Columbus is going to make a huge push out. You know, Nyquist is on the IR right now. Well, they've been on the precipice the last two seasons of of making things happen. Yeah, for sure. Along with this next team, I think you're going to pick. Oh, who do you think I'm going to take? Kakalaki. Carolina. 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 Oh, yeah. The Hurricanes. I'm definitely, yeah, the Hurricanes. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, Dougie Hamilton. I'm a huge fan of Svetch. I, I, I think they got it all there. I really do. I, and you know, they've got a hell of a fan base. They do. Oh, my God, they got a hell of a Some fan Some would base. say their uh, post-game antics are not good for the NHL, but you know what? Piss on them. It puts asses in the seats when there's asses to be put in the seats. Piss on them. That's a little shot to you, uh, Don Cherry. So after the after Carolina, my next one is going to be, uh, I think Nashville is going to be pretty good this year. I think Nashville is going to turn it around. I I don't quite. If there's a team in the NHL that that has all the tools to be good, they just don't seem to put it together. No, it's the it's the Predators. Exactly. Uh, they they can score. They and, and at times they they can you know stop the puck, but they just for whatever reason you know they'll go on a run and then they'll start losing. And it, oh yeah. So after Nashville, I'm gonna say. Uh, oh. I'd say Florida. Yeah, I think Florida. As long as Bob can have a rebound year. <laughs> Last year was kind of terrible. His first year yeah. in, in Florida was kind of terrible. He I probably mean, got used to the beach down there. Well, I mean, expectations, too. They brought him in as the guy that's going to well, – this guy's going to put us over the top. Yeah. You know, we're That's gonna, a lot of pressure. Sure it is. Even though even though down there is it's a very Florida. small market. But still, small mentally, market. mentally they're, they're making you automatically the face of the franchise. And, and you're, you're coming in after Luongo. Yeah, you know, and you're coming after Luongo. Sure, and after them, it's gonna go. Uh, it's gonna go Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. Uh, you know, like we said earlier, Taves is on the uh, IR right now. You you got Patrick Kane. You got a lot of other things going on. That uh, oh yeah, that's uh, um, ooh. Maybe let's hit this West Division, then we'll we'll yeah. bring that up. And then the last breaking the, news, by the way, and the last in the uh, in the Central is going to be Detroit, and it's. And me being a Detroit fan, you being a Detroit fan, us being a Detroit-based podcast, uh, we had years upon years upon years of nothing but absolute success in Detroit. 23 years uh, playoff per- performance. Just, I mean, nothing but great. Four cups. Just nothing but great success. But with that being said, uh, sometimes the uh, the tower's got to fall. It fell, and it fell. It fell. It fell real fucking well, hard. Well, I, I think they – you know, you go back to, you know, football with the 49ers. They basically sold their souls to win championships. Oh. Uh, the Red Wings sold their farm system to win cups to put put players on the ice. I don't I don't think they sold their farm system. So I'm going to I'm well, going to I'm going to disagree with you on that they one. They depleted their farm system. So Ever since they instituted salary cap, they haven't done shit. Well, they did. They because, won a cup the first year because that they, they had the cap. They haven't done anything else Nothing, after that, right? Right. But you look at before, uh, Mister I was a spender. He didn't give a shit. No, no. He didn't. He didn't. Hey, he showed it with the wings, and he yep. also showed it with the yep. Tigers as well. And, and his son is the polar opposite. Oh who, yeah. 
who, that dude squeaks when he walks. It's all about making money and business, and and you know the team is second half. So that's the central division. I do see the the wings, you know, making improvements. They're they'll be a little bit better than I mean they have to be. They were horrible last year, so I, I do see them making some strides. Pardon the pun. Yeah, and then we go to the West Division. The West Division, you got Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Los Angeles. Minnesota, San Minnesota, Jose. Why are they in the West? I yeah, know. well, I don't know why St. Louis is in the West either. But Weird. St. Louis, and then you got Vegas. I, you know, overall run away with this one. It's going to be Colorado. Yeah, I mean they've they've been the team on the upswing the last couple of seasons, um, and you know they they didn't seem to put it together there in the bubble. But they're the most talented with uh, Nate. McC- McKinnon. McKinnon, yeah. He's, I mean, that guy could score blindfolded. So that's definitely a safe pick. Although I do see Vegas. I mean, Vegas is Vegas. They they just seem to put it together. Every every year of their existence, they've they've made noise. Yeah, it, it, you know, and going back to the days of the, uh, you know, the Darren McCarty uh, kick and claw the muse ass and everything like that, uh, <laughs> you know, that me saying that, I think Colorado's going to take the division. I mean, that's like, um, I mean, I almost feel bad. But, I mean, they got McKinnon. They got, uh, they picked up Brandon Saad. They got uh, Kale, Makar, uh, Landeskog, Kadri. I mean, they just, I mean, they they're have. They're loaded. I mean, they're, they have, they're loaded. They have the pieces there to make a hell of a run on it. And my personal opinion, after seeing what they've developed, I think on the first podcast, I kind of, I kind of went one way or the other. And I think I said uh, Washington was going to win the cup. Allowed me to retract that because I think it's going to be uh, it's it's going to be the Avalanche. I got the Avalanche as a strong favorite yeah. to win the cup this year. So they're going to definitely be the number one team coming out of the West. The number two team coming out of it. It's it's going to be uh, it's going to be the Vegas Golden uh, Knights for sure. Yeah, just because. Uh, uh, they, they looked good last year. They re-signed, uh, oh, they re-signed uh, Leitner. And then uh, you look at, uh, they signed uh, Alec, uh, Alec uh, Petrangelo. Petrangelo? Yeah. You know, they, got, they, they, they took him from uh, St. Louis. So I think you got, uh, you got Colorado 1, you got Vegas 2, uh, you got St. Louis 3 for sure. San Jose is a team that intrigues me. I mean, you know, they've been in the mix. They've they've they haven't really done a whole lot in the last couple of seasons. So, man, they love Patrick Marlowe. <laughs> God, they're like, yeah, you can go ahead and go to Toronto. Uh, Patrick, come back, please. Come back, Patrick. <laughs> but yeah, I, I you know, so you got St. Louis uh, in the third spot. Uh, f- fourth, I'm going to take Los Angeles. Five, I'm going to take Minnesota. Uh, six is going to be Anaheim. Seven's going to be Arizona. I just and and there's there's a team that made made some noise in the bubble last year. Yeah, they, oh, they but, did. But they lose Taylor Hall, which you know how much of an impact that's going to be. Yeah, and you know, and, and that's really why I'm basing. They still got Kessel there, so I'm I'm basing it on that. I mean, again, these are my predictions. These are my thoughts. These are sure. my opinions. This is nothing, uh, right. you know, nothing crazy or anything like that. But the good thing is hockey is back. Yes, and, thank God. And uh, gives us more to talk about and more to watch uh, other than the football playoffs and NBA. Kinda, oh, yeah. I mean, it's... Fill the void until baseball starts. Yeah. 
Well, we got breaking news on an... Breaking news at recording time. Oh, yeah. It just came on the wire. The Houston Rockets... Reportedly. ...have traded James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets in a four-team mega deal that sends Karis LeVert, former Michigan yep. basketball standout, which we're going to talk about them here in a second, to the Indiana Pacers. There's Victor Oladipo is is involved, and there's some... I mean, this is a... a Earth-shattering trade. You wonder what's going to happen to Kyrie Irving here, who is seems to have gone MIA the last week and a half. Yeah. Um, will he be with the team? I think this is an indication that they're going to cut ties with him uh, now that they have Harden to match him up with. Um, with um, oh geez, I can't think of his name. So they're um, Kevin Durant. I'm sorry, Kevin Durant. So I think uh, this is a power move. This definitely puts the Nets in the NBA Finals talk. But, um, but yeah, breaking news. Breaking news while we're recording. So we wanted to um, pass that along, which I'm sure you probably have already heard by now. But we <laughs> yeah, by the, yeah, by the, yeah, by the time you guys hear this or you guys listen to it, you'd be but like, but dude, James Harden got, got traded like four days ago. But it's nice to, when, you, when you were able to – you know, report of breaking news as it happens. Oh, which, for sure. Which leads us into uh, Michigan basketball we'll touch on really quick. Um, unbelievable what they've been able to do. Um, three wins in a row against top ten teams, or uh, ranked teams, I should say, by a margin of 19 or more. Never been done before in college basketball history. Juwan Howard has just got those boys playing uh, out of their mind. They're ranked number seventh. I think that's... That's a slap in the face. They're clearly the number one team in the country. Ooh. And you think they're better than Gonzaga? Oh yeah. Right now? Yeah. Yeah. What what they can do their scoring ability and their defense. And by the way, hold on, for the record, I am not a college basketball know it all right. or or I'm a more of a college basketball know nothing. But I will <laughs> say this. And and for me to turn on a basketball a college basketball game. Before March Madness, uh, it's like dragging somebody down the road uh, with their with their fingernails dug into the road because I am not a basketball guy. But my Twitter was exploding yep. last night about this forty three to six forty three to six run. They, I'm like, well, they held, I'm they, like, I better turn it on. And I watched those. I watched probably like the last. Uh, I watched probably maybe like the last seven minutes of the game. They they held Wisconsin. That's who they played last night. It would have been Tuesday. They held them scoreless for the last seven minutes of the first half. They were up by, at one point, as much as 42 points. It was just, I mean, it was remarkable. They they were up by 40, playing defense like they were down. It's just, I mean, knowing how the football team has been, this is a, this is a ray of sunshine for Michigan Michigan fans. And, and how far can they go? I, I think the sky's the limit. They're, this team is... You can, you know, their second team is as good as anyone's front court. So I, it's exciting, especially around here. The team is now eleven and zero, ranked seventh, and only getting higher. I think they'll be, they'll be in the top five. Well, at least we know Ward Manuel can hire one good coach, right? And in the the ironic thing was everybody blasted him for Jawan Howard bringing him in, and well, it, you know, it, well, you know, every, you know, everybody had an opinion. It's in like an asshole. Everybody has sure. one, but the thing with. Jawan Howard, which a lot of people kind of frown down upon because 
he never coached anywhere. He right. he was always like hey, he was a uh, what twenty two years in the NBA. Yeah, but you he know, but he was a guy. He came he came from the bench, right? And he jumped in this role. And John Beeline, those are some hard shoes to fill. They well, really are. And let's not let's not you know sugarcoat it here. Beeline handed him a good team. Oh and yeah, he, and, but, he's, and he's ran with it. But he's also gone to the to the portal and picked up some players out of the transfer portal. Well, and they've got uh, well that Mike Smith kid from Columbia. He's Xavier, uh, uh, who <laughs> basically. Uh, so yeah, and they've got the number one recruiting class coming in next year. So I think the future is bright for Michigan basketball, unlike their football team. So I don't want to beat a dead horse, but we got to talk about the Lions a little bit. Well, that horse is dead. Yeah, it's done been beaten so many times. It, I I don't know if it's got a pulse anymore. Yeah. So the rumors are now that well. You get conflicting reports, let's just put it this way. Interviewed good, interviewed bad. Right. Not the guy, is the guy. Zoom call. Now he's on a plane to go to New York. And now he left New York and he still doesn't have a contract. So the questions that we've been bouncing back and forth amongst us, uh, you know, prior to the show starting is, is this guy, Robert Sala, is is he the guy we want? Because if he was the guy we want... He would have never left that Zoom. He would have never hung up that Zoom call. No, he he's he's interviewed. I think six teams now. Yep. And a, a personal visit to the Jets, which that's a head scratcher to me. And he gets away without a contract. I, I you got to start asking yourself: Is there something with this guy? I mean, from what I see on the sidelines, he's who I want in Detroit. But you know, all indications are that's not the route they're going here. And and, and I'm really surprised. Maybe they're looking at it. He's going to come home, and, and he's not going to be as aggressive as he was out on the West Coast. But I, I, to me, the Lions need a guy that's going to whoop their ass in the shape and change this culture. But That's not their culture, no, though. But, they thought they had that with Patricia, yeah. and the players revolted on him. But I think there's, there's whipping someone's ass in the, into shape, or they're just whipping someone's ass, you know, talking down to them, which, you know, clearly Patricia was that guy. Yeah, well, you know, he might, you know... But yeah, you know, it's just it's it's, I mean, it's just crazy. Of, there's a lot of indications that Daryl Bevel might get the job. I I absolutely think if that's the case, you're spitting on the fans of every uh, face of every fan. I, you're the players like him. Okay, I get it. The only capacity that Daryl Bevel should be brought back in on is an offensive coordinator, just to maintain continuity with Stafford yeah, and not yeah. have Stafford roll with. More, but here's the thing that really irritates the shit out of me, and I've said it once, I've said it twice, I've said it a hundred times. Quit fucking around, get a general manager, bring the guy in, let them do it, right? Because it, the way it sees from you know, and again, we're fans, we're fans of the team. Um, it depends on how this goes with their with their coach and GM search, or whatever. I might not be a fan. I might be joining the Browns fandom. You never know. But the thing is, is Get the GM. So it, what it looks like and it appears that what the Lions are doing is they're trying to line up a general manager and they're saying, hey, we interviewed these guys. Yeah, they're, they're, Do you, can you work with these right. guys? Which, which one of these guys can you work with? Because I think what they want to do is they want to pick their coach mm-hmm. and then have a general manager to be That's like, yeah, okay that would, with that would yeah. be my guy right there. And so you go uh, the GM uh, executive 
Ed Dodds, who was in here yesterday for an interview, he has been reported to have really liked Robert Sala, and he was interviewing for a job last year, and um, pretty much he was going to take it if they were going to offer Sala the job. And, and I believe that was down in Cleveland, um, that Sala and Stefanski were kind of like the two guys, and they went with Stefanski, so Dodds decided against taking that job. Yeah. So having Dodds in yesterday for an interview was really intriguing to me because pr- prior to yesterday, he wasn't. it wasn't on their radar, and, and he wasn't going to interview here. So I, it, it's it's a tough tough one. I mean, I think an, Ed Dodds at GM could do really good for this team, and, and having Solid here, I think that could be a good duo. Clearly, Dodds wants to be on a team with Solid. So, you know, I'm reading a tweet here: so "Don't lose faith yet." I mean, nothing is set in stone. So, and I don't believe anything until I you know hear it from the horse's mouth that you know what the final thing was. But I do think if they go with a Daryl Bevel. Or Marvin Lewis. That to me, that's just not acceptable. As a fan, not acceptable. Um, you're you're bringing back a retread that, you know, zero for seven in the playoffs. He's one game over five hundred in his career. But I mean, he's been there. He's a has been. You might as well start with a guy right. who's a zero zero. Exactly. So you you need somebody that's going to be able to coach the new style of, of players. So I, for me, it's Ed Dodd, Robert Sala, or somebody close to that. I which I don't know at this point. Dan Campbell is, is rumored. There's so many rumors right now. It's it's raining ru- rumors here at the Speakeasy. It's crazy, but everybody's waiting for something to fall. So maybe hopefully by next week uh, we can kick off our show next week and maybe, just maybe, announce that we have a GM and a coach. Wouldn't that be nice? I I mean, yeah, it would be, but... Again, uh, we're three, two months away from the draft. I mean, I think everybody needs to pump their brakes. Everyone gets anxious around here, but yeah, but they need to get out. Yeah, they well, need they need to get out and start getting to work. That's what sure. they need to do. Yep, you know, they need to start going and assessing what they got, cutting some fat, maybe clearing some cap space. There's a whole lot, like, and they don't have much. No, they but don't if, have. But much. if they start clearing guys that maybe are not, you know, they, they might save some save some money to the cap and not take big cap hits. That's what they have to look at, definitely, for sure. Yep. Well, you've been talking about this for a little while, and I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, the Tiger Woods documentary. Yeah, it, Did you it, get into it? Yeah, I watched it uh, last night. Uh, so part one. Whoa, 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 whoa. You, you watched it last night, and you were telling me, the night before. Sorry. Oh, okay. The night All before. right. I was going to say, because you were telling me yesterday, like, my... yeah, you got to get in there and watch this. I'm like, <laughs> it's so good. I'm thinking to myself, wait, you just told me to watch it, but you I... said you watched it last night? I had my dates mixed up. Ah, uh, that's me. okay. No, I watched it <laughs> the night before the, last. If you would have saw the look on his face, it was funny. <laughs> uh, which debuted on HBO on Sunday, part one. Just kind of starts you from the beginning of his of his career and when he was a kid and his dad teaching him and... And it kind of, you see the rise, and you see the, the 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 humble kid that doesn't know anything, and to where he gets to the point where in two thousand two thousand one he's the biggest name in the world, and what really happens is he didn't know anything other than golf. He was never taught any life lessons, and so they bring in a couple people that were involved in his life. And the gist of it is it's almost like a Michael Jackson situation where Joe Jackson uh, 
those kids were singing, and that is it. It's all about entertainment, and that's it. They're not, they don't learn life skills, and you see what happened there. So it kind of leads you right into what, like dangling babies with blankets over their head, over right, their, uh, exactly. Uh, okay. All right. So it leads you right into those the, are my life lessons. <laughs> So it, it pretty much takes you the part when ends with um, his ex-wife coming into the scene who uh, doesn't look anything like she used to. Uh, she looks like a Barbie doll. But um, so it the part one is basically the rise and part two, which will come out here uh, this Sunday, all can be found on HBO Max. Um, the fall, which will be really interesting to see the the inside scoop of what really happened. So yeah. it's definitely worth the watch. It's, it's, it's a long one, but there's a lot of detail in it. And uh, it, it, it was, it was interesting to see. Good. I'll have to check it out. I got a couple of days here. I could probably check it out, but yep. well, uh, next week, I think next week, I, I you know, if, if it's okay with, uh, with you, I'd maybe want to touch a little bit on the, uh, the, uh, the NFL draft. We can maybe pick one through 10, not get too serious on, uh, on that front. I still want to continue maybe a little more hockey talk, maybe recap of the first week. Right. Obviously, we're going It'll to have more It'll be interesting to see with no preseason games. I mean, they're coming out of the shoot, you know, season starting. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see um, where the teams stand. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I, I think there, some stats might be bloated. Some might not be good at all. Yeah. So a, a week will be a good thing. Cool. All right, well, uh, I guess next week maybe uh, – same time, same bet channel, I guess. We were going to talk about the championship game, but nothing to talk about. No, nothing. Alabama uh, frog stomped them. I won twenty five bucks. Uh, good for you. And uh, Ohio State, you know, did what the Big Ten does and uh, got their ass kicked. So, but so really, not very uh, good talk about that. So no. we move on. Yeah, <laughs> or as you say, I digress. I digress. Yes. So. All right. Cool. Well, hey, uh, next uh, next week. Yep. Look for us again. I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to us ramble on and on and on and on and on and on. And if I could say uh, one of our buddies slash listeners who's uh, dealing with an illness, JP out there, we're thinking about you, and we can't wait to get you in here for an episode. So hope everything feel you feel good and get better soon. Yeah, talk about some Michigan football. Yep. All right. See you next week. Have a good one. Okay.